This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Recognizing your triggers is one of the hardest things to do. You can begin to overcome them after you've owned up to them, although it is not easy. First, you must examine yourself honestly. Being brutally honest and upfront with yourself will be essential. It's important to know that nobody is grading this. This treasure hunt of unpleasantries does not concern anyone else. It is a solo project. You don't need to be shy. Embrace your true self and take your time with it. Valeria interviews Tracy Hill. She is a Chicago firefighter, subtle energy alchemist coach, founder of Conscious Evolution, and a speaker. Tracy Hill provides the space for people to take back their emotional, mental, and physical health through subtle energy alchemy, understanding how to overcome emotional trauma, and how to finally follow your passion and purpose. No stranger to adversity and hard work, Tracy uses her professional and personal experience to help others live their best lives and equips them to handle whatever life brings them. Tracy's life came to a crossroads when she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at age 25. She fought back by implementing healthy lifestyle changes with her holistic nutrition education, fitness experience, and energy healing gifts. And she successfully manages the disease with no medication. She shares her approach on the Facebook group she founded, Healing MS Naturally, Tracy received her master's in kinesiology from University of Illinois at Chicago and her health coach training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She has training and is a provider for TRE, trauma release exercise, and is a certified flow breathing coach. She also uses the scale of consciousness and body code to help people raise their vibration. Tracy is also in the process of receiving her PhD in natural medicine while continuing her career as a Chicago firefighter and subtle energy alchemist coach with her conscious evolution business. After her MS diagnosis and battle with becoming the healthiest version of herself, she found herself divorced with two beautiful kids. She became determined to uncover key components to a life of health and vitality that were outside the status quo. With her extensive wellness education, experience at defying the odds and energy healing spirit, Tracy helps guide those who are ready to reach the triad of success through soulful, intuitive exploration. Meet Tracy at ConsciousEvolution.coach. Here's the interview with Tracy Hill. In your own words, who is Tracy Hill? Well, I am a subtle energy alchemist, but I am also a 
a walking, living, breathing learner of this earth planet, always looking to grow and expand and take that energy and share it with other people. That's beautiful. There's something about this experience of learning, of growing, healing, and then passing that to others, making an effort, or sometimes even with without an effort. It's just we can't help it, but just pass on what we have learned. There's something truly beautiful about that. So thank you again. I know I said that off record, but I, I, I can't help it but say it again. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really wonderful. Sensei, you mentioned was one, one of the first things you said about yourself, subtle energy alchemist. What is that? It's a great question. I love answering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got that from the email too, and then you just got me started here. <laughs> um, well, since we are all made of energy and everything we see, hear, smell, with the five senses and beyond is all energy, frequency. When our energy is all in alignment, all imbalanced, we are in perfect alignment and balance, meaning we don't have disease. We don't, we're not struggling in life, but the minute that we continue down this uh, path of imbalance and not resonating with the frequency that we need to be on, that's when we experience difficulties in life, whether it's disease or, you know, personal struggles, financial problems, you know, getting into accidents, um, you know, not being able to hold down a job, all of these things are because of the energy that we're bringing in and putting out into the universe. It's a, it's a revolving door. And so I help people realign their energies, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, so that they can be on their path to give their gift to the world. So, you know, it's like the butterfly effect, right? We want to help one, at least one person so that they can help another person. And if I can help two people and those two people help two people, that's already now, you know, six people helped. And it's, it's knowing, you know, really who you are, remembering who you are, realigning with, you know, who you were born to be and born as understanding yourself and being open to change. And I do that all on a subtle energy level so that you can still function in society Mm -hmm. (laughs) while going through these changes, but also be on the path to heal. Mm. Yes, Um, it really resonates through this concept, which it is a fact that everything is vibrating, everything is energy. I wonder when we become out of alignment, when we are out of balance with this stable energies per se, I wonder where, where do they come from? Would you say the physical affects the mental and the spiritual or the spiritual affects the, the mental, the physical? How, what's the um, dynamics? I would love to understand more how one affects the other. That's a great question. Yeah. And what is spiritual energy from your perspective, Tracy? Okay. So there's actually, you know, we have our physical body and I'm sure most of your listeners know chakras. Chakras are actually literally the bridge between the, the energy we can't see 
so the non-physical part of our of ourselves to the physical part of ourselves. And then we have our auric fields, right? We have this field outside of our physical body. And that field is one energetic layer. Then there's one just outside of that. And then there's a higher one that's coming from whatever you would call source, God, creator. Mm, right. And so it is impossible to what we call, we call downward causation, meaning the only way to affect the physical on a permanent um, scale is to have it trickle down from one of the higher um, bodies. So one of the etheric bodies, meaning your emotions, your thoughts, your creativity, all of that will trickle down and affect the physical. You can change the physical temporarily, but it will not create any changes in the emotional, mental. And that's why they say if you want to lose weight, for example, and you these people who lose, you know, they get the gastric bypass and they do all this stuff, but then they go back to the way they were because they haven't worked on the emotional, mental, spiritual aspects first. So in order to create lasting, lasting change, it has to come from the the etheric bodies, the, the bodies that aren't visible with our naked eye. And that is the only way to create change. So it's like a trickle down effect, right? It's coming, it doesn't necessarily have to all come from source. I mean, all essentially does, but it can come from one of the more closer layers. It can come from your chakras by working on your chakras. Um, but to create that physical change, it's got to come from one of the other layers because there's a re your physical body is just kind of the results of everything else that's going on in your body. Um, and I already forgot your second question. <laughs> Uh, about spiritual energy, like this spiritual reality. Well, how would you describe that? Um, oh, that's an interesting question. I, I mean, that is everything, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, some people would describe spiritual energy as something that we don't ever see. But honestly, it's something that is so... Um, it's actually really in your face, but if you're not aware of it, you won't think you're seeing it. But, um, you know, there, there are things that are constantly happening around you that your higher self, if some people want to call higher self your spiritual energy, is already alerting you to. You know, you get goosebumps on your forearms, right, or the back of your neck or something because – uh, you sense something, some kind of danger that's actually coming from your subtle bodies outside of your physical. Your hairs are actually an antenna and they pick up those subtle vibrations and it's an alert. It's kind of the same way trees work, the same way the root system, they alert each other down the road. And so getting that prickly sense in the back of the neck is your spiritual energy giving you a message. It's so, so true. That which we call spiritual reality, energy, it's right here. The only way we miss it is because we're not aware of, as you said, oh, our attention is given to something else, but not to that energy. Although that energy is not physical. Maybe that might be why it's not easy because we are so used to objectify everything. Everything's an object. Whatever's an object, then I'll pay attention to. <laughs> it's easier, so right. much easier. And this energy that you speak of within the question that I asked, I call it spiritual reality. It's not an object. 
so it can't be seen with the eyes or, or felt. Although you said that we can feel in the body. I think we can, ref- seems like we can reflect, we can reflect that energy within the body, but it's still not it because it cannot be, right? So it's everything. So it can't be, it's not that even that's in everything, it's that, that everything is in it. So it can't really be identified as an object. Correct. I mean, mm. we're all connected, right? So Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse than that, that we are really one reality. <laughs> it's not mm. even that we are connected. Um, I, when I think about it, wait a minute, it's not even about connection. It's really one reality. But it it's kind of looks from the human experience, from the sensory experience, it feels like they are so... So many things, so many things. And, but um, if we go deep enough, we'll see that there's just one underlying reality. So, Trace, another open question that I have for you is about the purpose of the human experience. If there is one purpose only to this, which we call life, what would that be? Oh, I've been, uh, kind of, this is the kind of in my, um, conscious awareness in the last week or two. Um, you know, I, <laughs> personal story, I was very stubborn. And for the longest time, it was like, I'm doing everything by myself. Like, I don't need help. I don't, I'm not going to ask for help. And I, I just turned 49. So, you know, if people are like, oh my God, why did it take me so long? Listen, <laughs> it's taken forever to yes. this point. But, um, yeah. you know, all through my 30s and slightly in my forties, I did not want to ever ask for help, but we're really communal creatures. We really need each other. And I think that on this, in this lifetime, we are here to support and love each other and see each other as the perfect beings that we are. Because, you know, the way people say like, you know, I'm trying to be perfect. I know you had kind of said that and and I catch myself in that too. It's like, oh, I want things to be perfect, but things are perfect just as they are. There's no such thing as this like perfectionism. I mean, what is, you know, perfect in the eyes of the, like I'll say the, the 3D viewer or the consumer, perfect is support and love and compassion and empathy and peace. That's perfect just as it is. And in order to achieve that, we really need to remember that we are all under the same spiritual umbrella and we're here to support each other and grow and expand and learn. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's a big task <laughs> because we're nowhere near there right now, but uh, that's my hope. <laughs> it's just support each other, you know, fix the crown, mm. don't tear it off the other person's head. What a beautiful message and vision, because we seem to live in the in the reality that it is very much divided and separated and disconnected. But it's interesting, every time I go back to that ultimate reality, per se, the spiritual reality, then I see that everything is just perfect. There it is perfect mm-hmm. from that level. It seems like the the goal is to align the body mind to that reality so it reflects that uh, the peace so now we don't need we're not affected really the body mind is not affected of whatever is happening here 
that is disconnected or feels disconnected, perceived as disconnected. And it becomes a practice. For sure, it is a practice. And um, your work on emotions, that it's really important, though. But it seems like we have to be open to it. Right, Trace? It's not something that can be forced. We cannot try to change or create this beautiful movement toward peace in places or within minds that are not ready. Do you see it that way too? Absolutely. Um, I think you probably fell into this category at one point where we want to help people so much that we just shove our information into someone's face and then they they go the other way, right? And you're like, but I just want to help you. I just want to help you. But, you know, know, you probably dated someone that you thought you could fix, right? Because I did anyway. For sure, for sure, for sure. So we're fixers by nature, but um, to force it on someone, they're just not ready. They're not there yet. And um, it's important for us to show compassion and just walk, walk the walk, talk the talk. Um, instead of, instead of making people digest our information, just show them what it can look like when they do decide to become aware and decide to change. And, you know, I mean, I, I still struggle with stuff all the time. Um, I mean, it's a, it's always something, but it's just the, like you said, the awareness, allowing yourself to be okay with not being okay for a little bit. Um, it's okay to feel sad as long as you don't let it swallow you. It's okay to be angry as long as you don't let it affect your, you know, your lifestyle or your, your personal space. So again, like you said, it's just being aware and knowing that you want to make changes and then we can't force it on you. (laughs) I don't do that anymore. Like if you're not ready for me, that's, that's totally fine. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's so true. That's a tough one because I still do that. Now much less with my husband. He's he's very close to me, obviously, and then can't help it, but just kind of have these conversations here. And then I want to kind of share with him whatever it is that we talked about. And then I quickly, now it's much faster. I just realized that he's not ready yet because the attention is not there. He's not open to it. That's That's when I know. And then what's very interesting to notice that I have been noticing within myself is that even when I try to do that out of um, that pattern, that the habit of always trying to share and, and you know, because I love being around people and kind of having conversations with deep conversations with them. Mm-hmm. So I notice that it's much faster now to just realize that it's OK not to continue and to be at peace with that, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then peace kind of sets in. Ah, it's okay if he's not ready. (laughs) And then I love you, what he said about laughter. I'll go back to it in a moment. Uh, You talk about acknowledging the situation and then you laugh and then you let it go. That's such a playful Mm -hmm. thing to do. (laughs) I had a smile on my face when I read that. (laughs) How did you come to this, where you are today, Tracy, as a human being, as doing what you do as the founder of Conscious Evolution and a coach, subtle energy alchemist. How And I know you are a firefighter too in Chicago. Yeah, talk to me about the story behind the woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm sure your audience is like, well, how does she know all this stuff? Yes. So, <laughs> um, well, I was in the mm-hmm. army and it's kind of a, an important part of the story, but uh, I 
was getting my master's degree in kinesiology and I wasn't feeling well right towards the very end of my degree. And I ended up getting diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And the doctors told me I would be in a wheelchair the rest of my life if I didn't take medication. And, you know, I was kind of, you know, you go through the stages, right? I was in denial and I was kind of like, I didn't even really know what, what it was. Um, this was back in 2000. And so I started on medication, but it made me feel really sick every single day. And I'm like, this can't be okay. And in the meantime, I had gone on to the MS Society website. Like you can chat with people. And I said, oh, I do yoga. It helps me to feel better. And a nurse came on and told me, you can't say that. There's no proof. And I'm like, whoa, this is not okay. So I did deep dive, went down the rabbit hole, found more rabbit holes go down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's how most people's journeys start, right? Um, And I've been off medication for 18 years. Um, I then went through uh, about 10 years ago now, went through a really bad divorce where I was, my ex put me in jail. And um, I was in there for 24 hours. And it was at about the... Right before I was going to see the judge, uh, I was sitting in the jail cell and I remember thinking, you know, I can let this sink me or I can rise out of it. And I chose to rise out of it. Um, It was a really pivotal moment. But in all of that, you know, what I was starting to articulate was that stress really does kill. It can kill you. But it also causes many, 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 many other things. And by stress, I mean mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. And when you don't understand it, and, you know, for everyone, it translates differently. But stress comes from not understanding your emotions, suppressing them. Um, And again, that's part of the chakra system. But when you don't know how to express your emotions properly in a healthy way, Um, Like my throat chakra was completely blocked. Um, I didn't know how to express my feelings. It it will create problems for you. And so my MS diagnosis was a part of stress. Uh, I was, you know, I was (laughs) frayed at the, the, my nerves are frayed, right? So that's what happens with MS. Your nerves get damaged. Um, But with all of the, I started with breath work um, and changing my water and I haven't actually haven't had symptoms in like 18, 17, 18 years because I understand that emotions are really uh, the key component to allowing your body to physically heal. It doesn't happen right away. It can take six months. It could take a year. It could take five years, but it will eventually trickle down into the physical. And so I started as a um, fitness and and nutrition coach but I couldn't understand why my clients weren't sticking to their program and found out, well, there's emotions behind all that. Right. And so I, I needed to dive deeper. And for me, that became like the pivotal, I, I just, I really want to help people understand. And if they really want to make changes, they're going to have to go dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And so I started um, my subtle energy alchemist coaching, my conscious evolution business um, about three or four years ago as my switch over and uh, I'm really good at it. Ah, <laughs> Very wow. good at it. Wow. <laughs> that is such a wonderful news because we need more people like yourself kind of passing on, if not through teaching, but through their own presence 
So that's such a beautiful news that mm. you are doing this work. And, and the way you say, I love the confidence too, really well. <laughs> so that's even <laughs> better uh, for all of us here. And when you also talked about, made a note here when you talked about being in jail and then you chose, you decided to rise above that situation. And then that's what came to me. Like, oh, then she chose love instead of fear. Mm -hmm. I have heard that before. Uh, I interview a lot of people and, and I came across A Course in Miracles. I'm not sure if you mm -hmm. heard about the book. Yes, you have. I have it. Yeah. yeah, and so they talk a lot about the everything stems from these one of these realities, fear or love. And our work here is to move from fear to love. Mm -hmm. Is that how you see it too, Tracy, at some level? Um, absolutely. I, I work a lot with the scale of consciousness, yeah. which I'm sure you're familiar with. And, you know, I'd rather see people in anger than fear because fear, you no longer have personal power. You've given that away to somebody or something else. And I see a lot of women in that state of fear-based living. And it is very much a victim mode because you're not, you're, you're relying on other people to tell you how to live your life out of fear of not enough money, of getting sick, of not being seen in society as a, a you know a good person, whatever it is. And anger is at least productive. Um, most people go about anger the wrong way, but at least it's productive. It's a little higher on that scale. Um, and you know, love is a really it's a really near and dear topic to me because it's something that I think people take for granted. You know, we love pizza. We love our kids. We love a walk on a beach. I mean, we use that same word for all of those things and they, <laughs> they don't all mean the same thing, but love is, love is truly unconditional. And that's a really hard place to be. I think it's 0.1% of the population is at truly at the love level. Um, because in order to love unconditionally, there are no conditions. Um, we hear that phrase, but when you think about it, it's like, you know, can you love somebody just as they are, no matter what they do? Um, and that's very difficult. You know, if somebody murders your loved one, are you able to love the murderer? I'm going to guess not. So that means that we can't operate at that level. Um, and that's a, like, that's a Jesus level, you know, that's that really high <laughs> resonating level. So we have these stages before reaching love that are really still very, you know, very high vibrational. Um, and I think we take advantage and don't fully understand what love means. And um, it's something that, I mean, I'm working on it all the time. I don't know if I'm fully there yet. <laughs> so it's um, but going back to the jail cell, I remember that I had to send my now ex, my husband at the time, when he did this to me, um, I had to send him love, like yes. unconditional right. love energy. Right. And that right. is the one thing that really helped me move forward and just say, you know, I don't need to go to his level. I'm going to send him love and hope he heals. And, and he hasn't yet, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's all about hmm. being at yourself. And yeah. if you really do have love, you have unlimited source of love. And it's not like you have to divide your love up. It just is. So love is a really big topic. Like I said, <laughs> I could go on for a long time. Um, 
and I'm not claiming I know everything about it, but it is truly the essence of who we are. We're born of it and we all deserve it. And we're just not all living it. Yeah, tell me about it. the topic of love then. That would be, I mean, that's basically, I believe what we're doing here, this conversation is all about that. Although we don't use the word love for everything, but that's what really the uh, the underlying kind of flavor is every mm -hmm. time I come in contact with anybody here on this podcast. That's what it is for me. Oh, this is about love, whatever it is that's mm -hmm. being said. I love the way you talk about unconditional love, and I, I have to make a comment about that. So would you say that uh, in order to experience unconditional love in the sense of accepting everything as it is, exactly as it is, Do we have to do this uh, work first with ourselves at the level of body-mind? Or we can skip? Yeah, one, <laughs> the, the yeah I wish we could skip. <laughs> the one thing I, I always tell people is that you absolutely cannot love other people unless you love yourself. And people, moms especially, don't like hearing that. But you, in order to know what love is, you have to love yourself first. Because loving yourself first shows that If you love yourself, you can love other people. And it's very hard to go vice versa. I don't know anyone who's done it, actually. So to truly understand the gift of love, it's got to not only come from you, but it has to embody you. You have to speak it. You have to show other people by your actions that you do love yourself. And that in loving yourself, you have, again, unlimited supply of love to give. It, it becomes unlimited. Um, you know, love is the answer to everything. And when you can't, you don't, you know, you, it's really difficult being a human on this planet to live in that love vibration 24-7. <laughs> um, we're challenged constantly. Um, but you can experience it for yourself. You know, that moment when you just, you're just in total bliss and you have tears come to your eyes because there's so much love. Those tears of love are just your heart is just so overjoyed that it's got to come out somehow because you have no words for it. And so understanding that, yes, you have to love yourself first is the only way to actually love other people. Mm. Yes. Because your energy says more than your words, right? So uh, if your energy is not exuding self-love, then yeah. other people are going to pick up the, on that on a subtle energy level. Yes, it's so, so true. And I also love the way you talk about, I mean, using the word love again for everything, as you just <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. In a way, once we understand the concept of what love is, which is based on no conditions, then it's the practice Isn't it, Trace? So life becomes a practice. That's what I see. Like for myself, it has been. Everything that happens, it's my opportunity to practice that knowledge that I have. So that's how I see it. Do you also see it that way, in a way? <laughs> yeah, that was very well said. Yeah, I mean, every situation, every choice, like you said, is an opportunity to go toward love, toward healing, toward light, or away from which would be disharmony, disease, fear. So every single choice, whether it seems small or not, uh, is, is that, you know, path. So the more you choose love, compassion, 
enlightenment, growth, expansion, the more you will get opportunities for more love, bigger love, deeper love, mm, yeah. deeper experience, yes. more growth, more joy. Yes, yes, a billion times <laughs> to everything you're saying. <laughs> so true. In A Course in Miracles, they say something very powerful about love. They say everything or everything that is happening, all experiences we have, it's either an expression of love or calling for love. Mm, that yes. resonated, it's true, isn't it? Very much. Uh, so being able to see that changed everything. I made a lot of notes to you, um, questions to ask. Yeah, talk to me about the process that you take your clients with you towards the uh, emotional alignment and healing, really. From what I see, it's really uh, spiritual healing <laughs> or healing spirituality. They're all mm -hmm. connected. So talk to me about the process. I would love to hear more and share that, of course, Tracy. Sure. So um, it, it comes from different layers, right? Because I don't believe in just one approach. And my approach isn't right for everybody. So I want to caveat with that. You know, if you need traditional talk therapy, go that route. What I do is I combine as much of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual as possible because usually my clients, they don't know who they are really. When I ask them, who are you? It's usually, you know, I'm a mom. I'm a, you know, they name the things, but that's not really who you are. Um, we have to, you have to know what your core values are because most people are living outside of their core values and they're not happy. So in order to live a life of, of alignment and thriving, you have to incorporate your core values on a daily basis. Uh, we look at childhood. <laughs> Usually traumas come up. We look at your ancestors because the ancestral trauma that you get handed down to you is real. And it is incredibly jarring to who you are today, especially um, if you don't understand why you have these emotions or these physical things happening to you for, you know, they seem to be for no reason. It's usually ancestral. So we have to unpack all of these layers and it involves not just digging through the piles of baggage that you have carried along with you along the way um, through childhood all the way up to now, but it also incorporates breath work and meditation and understanding how frequencies work. So there's education involved. Um, the whole goal is that um, through the 15 weeks of coaching is that you take these tools with you the rest of your life and continue growth. You know, don't just stop there, but you shouldn't need me anymore. You should have a good foundation of who you are, where you're going. The journey never ends. It never ends. Um, I've been on this journey for 20 years. I'm still going, still finding layers. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> so, um, the idea is just to help you find your alignment and get you on your path so that you can continue looking for the things that light you up inside, that bring you joy, that send you on the side of love and get you out of fear and anger that cause disease. So it's a multifaceted approach um, that really encompasses a lot of different um, modalities. Right. And I must add that you are in the process of receiving your PhD in natural medicine. I, 
That's so I am. wonderful. And you know, Trace, it seems like so many of us know that, but it's not easy to embody. So the it's the interesting thing about moving from knowledge to practicality to just applying application, really, knowledge application. Mm-hmm. So all healing, it's really self-healing, isn't it? It's all self-healing because when you can heal yourself, then people around you feel safer you know, all about that root chakra, there's a safety in that. And if they're not ready to change, they are going to move away from you. It'll just be a natural process of them no longer really kind of resonating with you. But the more you heal, the more you're going to find yourself healing deeper. It's, you know, self-perpetuating loop of, or an upward spiral of, you know, healing perpetuates the need to heal some more. And, um, yeah, I think I went off on a tangent there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. What would you say is the goal of healing or the goal of spirituality? What is freedom? Um, okay, well, freedom is actually my top core value. Um, freedom means that you are able to make your own choices based on what you need for yourself, so long as it doesn't harm anybody or anything. Um, it kind of goes along the lines of the law of Dharma, um, but freedom is having all of the information available to you and you making choices that align with you. And, you know, while we have the internet and so much opportunity to find things, it's amazing to me that people don't realize things are hidden from us on purpose so that you don't have the knowledge so one of the best ways, or easy, I shouldn't say easiest because it's not easy, but one of the best ways to gain insight is through meditation or just sitting quietly because you actually already have all of the information in your cells. It's already encoded there. It's just that you're suppressed because you are watching TV, you're listening to music, you're reading, you know, reading whatever, you're drinking alcohol, you're, you have constant stimulation. And that constant stimulation suppresses your true self and understanding that getting out of that constant need to do things. Cause that was me. <laughs> um, when you can get out of that loop of or that cycle of constantly needing to do things and sit quietly, all this information can start coming to you. It doesn't happen right away once again, but it will happen. And, Again, all of that information is already inside of your cells because it's because it, we are all one source. All of that genetic code, all of the cosmic information is already inside of us. And it's just a matter of opening up to it and allowing yourself to feel and be, you know, more a little more of that feminine quality of being and being creative. Uh, sometimes instead of all the doing masculine energy. Um, that's why the world's in trouble today is because we have too much masculine energy happening, the yeah. doing side. I don't yeah. mean males. I mean masculine energy. Right, <laughs> right. has both. Right, right. So. Yeah, women also, of course, yeah, are engaging a lot in doing, right? All about doing. Mm-hmm. And this, do you feel that this is changing now, Tracy? Those energies from the masculine to the feminine? 
Yeah, it's kind of like, I think it was the movie Cocktail. It said it's going to get worse before it gets better kind of thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I don't watch movies, but I I think I remember that from that movie. Um, Yeah. So I think right now it's just, you know, when things have to rearrange themselves, um, things kind of have to fall apart before they can rebuild. Um, Just like Mother Nature, she, she brings in all these storms and earthquakes because it's saying something and it needs to rebuild itself stronger. So understanding that you can know that it's not easy, but you can do it and you can rebuild yourself to be in more alignment, but it's not easy. You speak of that in the um, the article that you have um, written about emotional alignment. You speak of that. It's not mm. easy, right, to go through the process, but uh, it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Not to say this rewarding to somebody. It's just that it's natural, isn't it? It's something that feels natural once we are there. Ah, yes. yes. Chaos and all this, it's fine. There's something that it, in us that's um, it's at peace with everything. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it might be there's, I don't know, it doesn't feel like uh, we have nothing to worry about when it comes to even surviving all this uh, or the goal like I asked I just asked you what's the goal of all this of healing the goal of spirituality it would be to find peace from my perspective that's what it seems to me to kind of reflect this peace from the spiritual reality into everything that we are able to experience within the body mind that's what it keeps coming back to me I know joy arises yeah there's playfulness and all that but there's something about peace, um, the ability to just uh, accept all this exactly as it is, even if it is not in alignment with our ideas of what it should look like. <laughs> and then it just rest within that. It, it, there's something about um, that that keeps coming back to me as the goal mm. of spirituality. Do you resonate with that? kind of idea too Tracy or it's way out there I do you know no it's I absolutely do um it, it's funny because when you speak of love and peace it's kind of like they have to go hand in hand together yes for um sure. yeah. from my perspective yeah. so um especially right now with the planet the way it is um like I don't watch the news at all I have no news information on my social media feeds I don't watch tv and so I really, I don't align with uh, fear-based information. And so, you know, I, there was a whole thing about the banks going under and all that. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to align with that. That's just not, that I don't see that happening. I'm, everything is fine as it is, you know, everything's good as it is. So nothing happened, of course. And it's that, it's that drama. There's no peace in drama. And drama sells, drama makes money. And I just don't align with that. And I find myself, the more peace I get, the more peace I want. (laughs) So it's like this, because it's a sense of security and safety and being okay with, like you said, okay with where you are at this moment, even if chaos is going on around you, internally, you can be at peace. And that's so important to be able to understand how to feel when you need it because if you're if you feel at peace when everything's peaceful that's great but when you need peace when things are chaotic and you haven't practiced then it's really difficult to find it (laughs) because you are bombarded with 
non-peace things. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That really seems to be the practice, not even get to that place of peace, but just acknowledging that it's already here within mm -hmm. the chaos, <laughs> but not the mm -hmm. chaos itself. It's just that we are not, we are focusing on chaos instead of something else. Yeah, that's a, an interesting observation about, you just mentioned about not watching TV, not in, being in touch with all that. I do that as well. And I speak to so many people here who are the same way. They don't give a, their attention to these things. So it's mm -hmm. not allowing that to, to just kind of um, become our reality. It's not that would disturb us because that... You know, the reality of who, what we really are cannot be disturbed. But there's something about giving attention to it that might not feel so good. So, yeah, I really do that, too. And I wish other people would find this. This is a common sense because I know that we know that human beings, that's what they're looking for. All of us as humanity, we are trying to find peace and happiness But then we do things that um, we expose our attention to things that will give us the opposite. They'll bring mm -hmm. us different realities, war, fear, and all that. So that's a contradiction mm -hmm. by nature. Mm -hmm. And so it takes awareness, as you said earlier, over and over and over. It's all about acknowledging, being very aware of what's happening here, you know, in a world. And I know we didn't talk a lot about triggers, and that's what the article was all mm -hmm. about. So talk to me for a moment about the most common triggers. And what is the difference between feelings and emotions, Tracy? Okay, so I just got triggered yesterday, actually. Um, I um, had an issue with my, my ex and my son being um, kind of threatened by him. And so, of course, that uh, physical threat brought me back to when I was physically threatened by their dad. And I was triggered back into fight or flight or freeze or fun. You know, they have all these apps now. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So the, tr the common triggers are typically coming from childhood um, where you will feel threatened. So when your safety is put to the test, you will suddenly... Um, go into a response that you had from when you were younger. So, uh, you know, a common trigger is um, abandonment, feeling the fear or feeling of abandonment. Um, um, anything to do with control. So being out of control or not having control. Those are common. That's another very common trigger that I see a lot in women who then go to anxiety uh, because they can't control situations. So they control as much as they can. And a lot of times that leads to like body dysmorphia issues or family issues. And when that happens, then the um, you're always in this fight or flight response. Your parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system gets out of whack and then your adrenals run down and then you're always like <laughs> on coffee and running and, and your hormones get out of whack all because of wanting to feel like you need to control something. It's crazy. It's, it's the, the string of how all of this happens is so amazing to me. Um, but the difference between um, feelings and emotions 
is that, um, you know, feelings are something that they really can't be measured. Um, whereas emotions are actually a, like a, a body response. So like if you're angry, um, I had a client and we went through this exercise and she's like, I was so angry. I literally wanted to throw your chair through the window. Like she had this response or if you've ever, um, had a nervous system response like the fight, 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 flee, freeze, where your body all of a sudden just like shoots this shot of adrenaline through your body because it wants to either run away or fight something that that's an emotion. That's an actual response from the body. And, you know, they're, they're tied together and, but they, neither of them have to be something that you stick with permanently. So like emotions create physical change in the body, like heart rate and breathing. So when you feel anxious, say feel, but when you're having the emotion of anxiety where your breathing gets shallow, um, that's more of an emotion. Whereas feelings can kind of, they can last longer as far as like how you how you're experiencing them. Um, and, but they're based on an emotion. So it's like the emotion happens and then you feel like I feel this way. And then you plug into feeling that way forever. <laughs> so like you feel anxious all of a sudden you get experience anxiety and then you're like, I feel nervous. Well, now you become nervous because you are saying to the universe that I feel nervous. So now you are embodying a nervous, uh, personality. And, and it's not, that's not measurable. Um, but in, in really for, for most clients, it doesn't necessarily matter yeah. the definition, right. of course not. but yeah. it does matter, right. But what does matter is understanding that your body does react to feelings and emotions and thoughts, uh, on a, on an actual, um, physical level it will have a response. And again, when you are constantly moving into sympathetic, parasympathetic, this nervous system response, your body floods itself with all kinds of hormones. And the more it does that, the more you wear it out and the more tired you get, <laughs> your body just starts to wear down. And then you have all kinds, because when your hormones are out of whack, it changes everything. You have unexplained weight gain. Well, that could be because you've been in a parasympathetic, sympathetic um, dysmorphia for a long time. So I, I can go on and on about yeah. that. But <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I do have, of course, we all do, um, but I can speak for myself, having the experience of a thought that would trigger the body to respond. So the way I understand from what you're saying in my own experience is that those, I can call it emotions because it's almost like a pattern. They are the same thoughts that I, that the body reacted to years ago when I was a child and it still does to this day. So it's, um, the emotions almost seems like that they are patterns of belief systems uh, generated by trauma, by the understanding of something that happened, uh, experience that I, I had as a conclusion, like the mind made a conclusion about it and then now it created this pattern. 
Uh, that's what it feels like. It feels like mm-hmm. that for, my, for myself a lot of times. And then feelings, I don't know, they might be what if just the body, the sensory responses to those thoughts. But then you can also can have the body, as you said, the body can, it's, we cannot measure because the body can, it feels everything. We are a feeling machine. <laughs> so it's, there's mm-hmm. no way we can even talk about feelings. They seem to be the, the, the driving kind of expression of the human experience. We can't really get rid of them, not even try to do that. But it's good to be aware of the ones that are causing the body diseases, as you say. I mean, that's crucial. If, if right. And one, just to give it like an equation yeah. Yeah. for your audiences, which I'm sure you just kind of said this, but it's your past experiences create your thoughts, your thoughts create your emotions, your emotions create your habits, your habits create your reality. So if you don't like a habit that you're doing, it's not it's not motivation. It has nothing to do with motivation. It has to do with going back typically into childhood, like you said, understanding where it came from, absolving that whole scenario and rewiring that that loops, that circuit into a, a habit that you want to instill. So, you know, people, I think get really hard on, they beat themselves up because, you know, oh, I, I can't, you know, I can't get up and work out every day. You know, it's like I start and then I stop. It has nothing to do with your motivation level. It has everything to do with how you view yourself or some kind of habit out of a thought, out of a, you know, your reality, your thought, your emotions, your past that have created that whole loop. That's wonderful that you're doing this work of um, kind of exposing this truth to them and encouraging them to go deeper because that's, again, that's what we really need in this reality we live in, the shared reality, to go deeper into what this is. (laughs) Thank you so much again, Tracy, for what you do and how you do it. You're a lot of fun and uh, you made me emotional in the by sharing the experience you're going through now just recently with the... the disconnection again. I can see fear. I can't help it, but just see fear when anything that has to do with violence. I mean, it's, it's fear or love. So it's so clear that um, your ex-husband is coming from that place, like so yeah. many here still. But um, we're getting there. And, and I wish, I know you are, you do what you do for a reason. So I know you'll be able to wisely kind of move yourself out of that reality, of his reality. It's very important that we don't let or allow others to impose their reality on us. That's another practice, another huge one for me. Exactly. I do want to mention that I will have this on the podcast profile. They'll be on your that page. But I want to mention here too, you offer a one session, free session of emotional clearing via email. Mm-hmm. And I do have your email here. I'll expose the email there. So it's Tracy Hill, T-R-A-C-I-H-I-L-L at protonmail.com. So P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. I'll have that on the link on your podcast profile as well. What do you love most about being in the human body or being the human body or about the human experience as a whole? Oh, man. (laughs) Usually I'm like, oh, this human body is heavy, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I find 
It's uh, it's amazing. I have a really great support system, and I find yeah. little miracles all day long. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. Life is just um, it's just beautiful to see things unfold as they should. Hmm. Yeah. What an enlightening answer. <laughs> yes. That's what it is, because once we are free, that's what happens. Uh, we let everything else be what it is, freedom. And before we say goodbye for today, where is the best place to find more information about you, Tracy? Um, you can go to my website. It's consciousevolution.coach or find me on Facebook at Conscious Evolution Coach. Ah, wonderful. I'll have that link too. I'll have the Facebook link here as well. So thank you so much again for your presence today and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank Tracy. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tracy Hill and her work, please visit ConsciousEvolution.coach. Also, enjoy a free gift from Tracy, one session of emotional clearing via email, tracyhill at protonmail.com. That's T-R-A-C-I-H-I-L-L at protonmail.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.